0: You're listening to the Marketing to Millions podcast, the only show to give you real, raw, behind-the-scenes tools and marketing strategies to create a thriving online coaching business. I'm your host, Liz Bohr, the girl who traded in her corporate climbing career to help ambitious thought leaders create a bigger impact using effective and intentional digital marketing strategies. Thanks for listening in. I'm so glad you're here. Now let's dive into today's show. If you're anything like me, I constantly seek out ways to be more productive in less time. Hey, I'm Liz. If you haven't heard, I recorded a handful of episodes to emphasize the important lessons many women business owners have learned along their journey to shattering cultural norms and entrepreneurial glass ceilings. Today, my guest Alonka joined me to talk about how many people trade a 9-to-5 for a 24-7 Sound familiar? Luckily, Alonka created a system to work 20 hours or less per week while still achieving more. Listen for her six step process as Alonka walks us through her own journey, shattering the hustle harder mentality. I love the mindset shifts she had to make in order to make this a reality for herself. As someone who is working towards a 20 hour or less work week myself, I know steps three and four will be important to making it happen. Let's listen in. Alonka, thank you so much for joining me in this brand new mini series all about shattering entrepreneurial glass ceiling. So I would love to start by just asking you one of the questions that I ask all of the guests in this mini series. And that is, what do you think that your glass ceiling, your personal entrepreneurial glass ceiling has been and how have you broken it so far? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, Liz.
1: It's amazing to be here. I think when it comes to glass ceiling, for me, it wasn't really that much of a monetary thing. I think it was more the shift between going from corporate to going into entrepreneurship. The mindset shift that I had to make from being an employee to being an entrepreneur. That was really challenging (laughs) for me. And it, it took some time and many, many failures, which I'm glad I had now in hindsight, but obviously it's never fun going through those, those failures or those moments where you're not necessarily seeing the kinds of results that you want to see. And I think we're so inundated with, you know, before we hit record on this episode, we talked about seeing other people's success, like they're always sharing I went from this to that and I'm so successful now and we don't necessarily see the hardship in it. But for me, it was really a challenge to get myself to a place where I felt like a true entrepreneur and not just someone trying to figure this thing out. And so for me, that was definitely the biggest sort of shift I had to make. And I can honestly say now I feel comfortable actually calling myself an entrepreneur, which in the beginning... It wasn't easy for me to even say that. So, yeah.
0: Wow, that's so interesting. And I resonate with that a lot in some conversations that I often have with other entrepreneurials and just friends and colleagues are this is this idea about identity. And from what you're saying, it kind of reminds me of that because I came from the corporate world as well before starting my business. And For me, I had this experience of having to remove my identity of previously, I was this person with this title, right? In corporate, your success level or the way people look at you is based on the company that you work for and the title that you have. At least for me, that's what it was and starting my own thing. I didn't have a title anymore. Sure, I was, you know, business owner, CEO, marketing strategist, like whatever I wanted to call myself, right? But I had to really take a step back and realize that my identity, my worth as a person has nothing to do with this business. It has nothing to do with the title that I used to hold as a corporate person. Instead, now my worth is wrapped up in who I am you know, how I'm showing up for those in my life and what I want to do with this business, the impact that I want to have it have. And so I definitely resonate with that side of your story for sure. Do you feel like that was some of your challenges or where do you think those challenges and mindset shifts kind of crept in for you?
1: Yeah, I think it came from being in a high paying corporate job and then going into entrepreneurship and not necessarily making that kind of money straight away. Like that felt really weird. And also, there was a lot of pressure to now replace that salary. And I realized that, you know, I'm trying to be an entrepreneur, but I'm doing it in the way that I was operating as an employee. and. I was actually creating this glass ceiling <laughs> for myself, you know? And I think the biggest shift for me in terms of that was earning a specific amount of money as an employee is not the same as creating any amount as an entrepreneur, right? It takes a very different set of skills and, you know, regardless of the mindset, like this, you, you do different things, you, everything's different. And so that was definitely something that, Stood out for me in terms of this isn't as easy as I thought it was going to be. <laughs> and <laughs> it also gave me a lot of compassion for, you know, people who have businesses and have employees and, you know, work with teams. At this point in my journey, I'm very much a solopreneur. I have a VA that assists me with things and I outsource a lot of things. But for the most part, it's me in this business, you know, and just understanding the effort and the things we do for our businesses it really gave me a new perspective on that ceo that sits in that chair and that has to make all of these decisions on the daily
0: so yeah yeah that's a really good point about all of the hats that we start to wear when we leave a salary job instead of just doing one task now we might be doing multiple Maybe making the same, making maybe making less, maybe hopefully making more eventually, but we all have to start from somewhere, right? And, and now you've kind of gotten over that hump, but I'm sure there's other challenges that you're going to face as you continue to climb your mountain, whatever your peak might be. So I'd love to kind of get into some of the mistakes that you might have made or some lessons learned that you feel like you have had trying to manage time and your productivity, because that can be very challenging when you're moving from corporate, especially you're starting, you previously were doing one job, maybe you, you know, had a lot of responsibility, maybe you had a little, not sure, but you are probably still within one specific area, right? And then moving to starting your own thing, all you all the things that a company has. Yeah. So what were some of those lessons for you? Yeah. So I think the, the biggest
1: lesson was going from nine to five, stepping into my business and not having clear boundaries for that business, which resulted in me just creating like a 24-7 job versus the typical nine to five. Because even though I might not have been busy working on my business, it was constantly moving around in my head I was constantly thinking about my business and next steps and I should be doing this and I shouldn't forget this and I must remember this thing for that client and so not creating that clear boundaries was definitely a very big thing that looking back now I wish I'd done sooner and something that also really just sort of spilled over into my life and left me in a situation where I felt like I didn't have any energy left for the people that actually mattered the most to me in my life, which is my family. And so that's definitely, definitely one thing. The other thing is also this sort of, it's almost like a retirement mindset where you think, if I just do these things now, I'll be able to enjoy something else later. Looking back and even with the work I do with my clients now, it's, it's about creating a space where you can do the things that you want to do in your business, but also enjoy the things that you want to enjoy in your life. Like you don't have to choose between either or, right? And also just like thinking that the more I do, the more I'll achieve. And I think coming from corporate, it's very much that mentality of like, you only have eight hours, you know, at your job, and you have to do as much as you possibly can within that time frame. But you're not necessarily creating any real results if you're just doing right sometimes we mistake doing for achieving and to me it was realizing that that's not always the case and that the more I do the more I'm I'm not necessarily going to achieve the things that I want to achieve and also knowing what you want to achieve Like I wasn't even really clear on what the results were that I wanted to create for myself you know not really having any clear goals changing the goal the whole time and not really doing that mindset work that I needed to do before I actually set the goal for myself. So that was that. And then also thinking about this question is like spending time on vanity things, you know, like when we just start out, we're like, the logo is important and we have to have the website and everything has to be perfect. As you're looking at people like Amy Porterfield and all these amazing, you know, very successful entrepreneurs in the online space, which was for me, very much someone that I looked up to and still do, but sort of comparing my day one to someone else's day (laughs) (laughs) 7,000 and trying to match my business to that. And that really led me down this path of just spending a ton of time, a ton of money on things that my business actually wasn't even ready for yet. And so, you know, In hindsight, we always have a twenty-twenty vision. I'm glad I went through those things because I think now I can actually serve my clients at such a deeper level as well because I've been through it. I've made those mistakes and I truly understand the hustle that we feel when we start our businesses, but also realizing that it's not necessary, like you don't have to hustle in order to get the results or create the outcomes that you want to create for yourself and your business.
0: Yeah, that's such a good point. How do you feel like you were able to stand out and be successful in such a short period of time? I know a lot of times when course creators or coaches come to me that are launching their offer for the very first time, a lot of their limiting beliefs come into play when thinking about someone has already done this. Someone, there are a million people that have a, a course or an offer that is similar to mine. How do we make this stand out? How do we create this sales funnel in a way that inspires people to take action? You know, so, and that can be for a lot of us, and it can appear in so many different areas of our business, especially as the online coaching space, online service space, freelancers, you know, people are quitting. You hear every day lately, it feels like you hear people are quitting their job. Like, you know, the workforce is really struggling. Nobody wants to work. But I think the reality is people are probably moving away from a nine to five and maybe starting their own business or just doing something different. But my question really is, how do you feel like you were able to stand out? What were those pieces that maybe you took from the Amy Porterfields of the world that you found inspiration from? But how did you find your space in a space that has an abundance of people you know we both know that there are billions of people on social media which gives us opportunity to work with you know if we can just carve out a small piece of that but how did you find your voice in attracting the customers that you wanted to attract to you to get them to work with you
1: yeah so i think the biggest thing and something i tell all of my clients because they do also have their own businesses is to keep things simple and to get really good at doing one thing at a time, because it's so easy for us to feel like we have to be on all the platforms. We have to be everywhere and be this like omnipresent force, right? And if you're just starting out, if you're a solopreneur, you don't necessarily have the capacity to do that. Like it's it's going to take a lot of time and when you're just starting out and you don't have any money coming into your bank, like your focus should be on getting clients, right? Yeah. Your focus <laughs> should be on serving people, <laughs> getting clients. Yeah, it shouldn't be like, how can I make this business scalable? Like if you don't have any any money <laughs> coming in, like that's not, it shouldn't be your priority in my opinion, starting out. But for me, it was very much keeping things simple and having a very simple offer and getting really good at communicating that offer because something that I learned from my coach is that there isn't a right offer there's only the offer you make right and And so understanding that it's not about getting this perfect sort of mix of the perfect thing that you can sell and nobody else has ever done this before like it's not even about that it's about how Good you get at communicating the results, the benefits, the transformation, you know, why they are buying this offer from you and why they need this in their life. And so as soon as I started focusing on that, everything just fell into place and things just got so much easier. And I had so much more time. I could actually focus on serving these clients, you know, and getting them the results that they came for. Because as a coach, that's why you exist is to get your clients' results, you know. Me. We spend so much time with the fluffy things and making things look pretty. And, you know, it's it's good to have those things. They all have a place in certain levels of your business, but to not lose focus of the things that really matter to you and getting really clear on that really quickly.
0: Yeah, I think, Alanka, we are on the same page with that. I 100% believe in what your coach taught you and and what you're sharing with us today and that there isn't a right offer, but there is a right offer for someone in your audience that wants to work with you. And if you are an expert at communicating the offer to them and how it will benefit their lives, giving them that opportunity to have that transformation have that result, have that desire achieved that they are looking for, then the offer becomes right for them. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. You know, a lot of times when we are helping people launch their course, the questions become, am I priced right? Is this right? Is that right? You know, and sometimes it's, we're completely scrapping previous launch plan and and starting over. But for people that have already seen success and want to just get to the next level, it's exactly what you're saying. It's fine tuning that messaging. It's helping them to feel confident in how to sell and ensuring them that this is the right offer. You created it. You believe in it. Now you just have to, with our help, you know, be able to communicate why it's so amazing and help people. Who believe and trust you that this is the right offer for them, too. So I'm totally on the same page with you. I love that you shared that with us. Do you serve people? Are you service based or do you also have a course of your own? Yeah. So I am at this point just doing private
1: coaching, very much keen on starting a membership sometime in the future. But at this point, you know, I love where I am with my business and. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, we, we need to be intentional when we create these things. And, you know, it's easy for us to always ask outside of us to ask things like, is my pricing right? Like, should I be doing this image for my ads or should I, should I be doing that? But it really starts on the inside. It really starts on your belief, at your belief about your program, whether that is private coaching or a service-based done-for-you type thing, or whether it's a course or a membership. It's really about how much do you believe in that offer that you're putting out there. And that's where it starts. And I think for many of us, when we just get out of the gates and we don't understand necessarily the impact that our psychology has on how we sell we're sometimes without even knowing it we're in this sort of scarcity mindset and there's so much competition and there's so many other people selling this the same thing and how am I going to ever make it in this like big world that is the online world and it feels very daunting and very impossible but if you're in that state if you're in scarcity at all and you know you are when you ask things like, is my pricing right? Or is this image going to work, right? So if you're in that mode, it really affects how you talk to your clients. It affects the messaging that you're putting out there. And it might be very subtle, but people pick up on this, I've noticed. And so it's really important to get yourself into that state where you are so absolutely 100% in belief about this thing that you're putting out there. That, you know, if someone bounces something back to you is like, this is too expensive or this isn't for me, whatever that feedback might be, you need to be in a place where you feel like, nope, that's not true, (laughs) you know? And I'm not saying not to look at the data, like try all the things, right? But definitely start with that belief first.
0: Yeah, so what I'm kind of hearing from you is confidence plays a huge role in our ability to sell our things because even though we created them, we don't have to identify with them. It doesn't mean something is wrong with you if one person doesn't want to buy from you. It just means maybe you need to do some more work on how to sell it, what messages people need to hear in order to sell it. And the other thing that I'm kind of hearing from you is prepare a little bit knowing what objections might come up. Because if you're already asking yourself, is this the right price? Maybe other people who you hope to buy your thing, we'll be asking that same question. And you you want to be prepared with the confidence to say, this is why it's priced at this price point. This is what I believe. This is, you know, why I'm credible. I've done XYZ. I've gotten results for XYZ. And this is the price point. I know I can help you. If you're ready to, you know, make that shift and transformation, I would love to have you inside of, of the program. So I think what you're saying is preparation goes a a really long way when we're trying to sell to people that might be strangers on the internet. Yeah. And I also think that if you think about, like, this is something that I have learned
1: from personal experience, like being a coach, I believe that, you know, everything is about perspective. Any feedback that you get is typically something that's mirrored back to you. And so when I just started with my coaching business, for instance, I had a lot of mind drama around my pricing. And I would be very confident on the call. I would, you know, really feel good about the consultation I had with this person. And every time we got to price, this person would tell me like, this is too much. And I realized that it's because my own thoughts about my pricing was that it might be too expensive. And as soon as I fixed that in my own head, I didn't get that objection anymore. And so I would even go as far as to challenge that if you are continuously getting these kinds of objections, it's probably something that's going on in your head. And you need to look at those thoughts first before you actually change anything on the external.
0: So yeah. Mm, Such a good point. Okay. So I have to ask, when you were going through those mental adjustments, did you find any particular resources? Are books your vice? Like where do you go when you're kind of feeling in your head a little bit? What kind of resources and tools have you found most helpful for you? So I think it might be a little bit biased, but I always have a coach <laughs>
1: because I feel that's just an absolute must for me being a coach as well. And I would also say like surrounding myself with people who are actually further ahead because being in the in the same room with other women, other entrepreneurs who might be at the seven-figure level and that's what i'm reaching for like being in those rooms just helps me in the sense that my brain doesn't actually have to work so hard because i'm seeing the proof of where i want to go around me all the time and so it becomes normal for my brain and so that's definitely something that has helped me along my journey but definitely Coaching, getting coaching. And if you are not in a position where you can get a coach or you're not sure whether this is going to work for you or not, I would always say, you know, give it a try. But to really start with just writing down what it is that you're literally thinking inside of your head. So if it's about pricing, write down every single sentence that's running around in your mind about your pricing and then just question it. Question it whether it's actually true or whether this is just a story, which I have found 99.9% of the time it is. And so once you start questioning it, even just the act of writing it down really helps to shed a different light on it. Because if you're keeping everything in your head, it's very easy to just go down a rabbit hole <laughs> where mm-hmm. it feels like you're never going to come out of it. So, yeah.
0: So true. And for me, I find that writing it down helps my brain to let go of that thought, whether it be positive or negative, if I'm holding on to it, if I'm giving it space, it kind of trapped in my brain. But if I can write it down, it kind of alleviates and allows my brain to release that thought. Because now I have it on a piece of paper somewhere that might be in the trash. I'm not sure. But yeah. at least I, I wrote it down and allowed my brain to release release that thought and now I can think more positively and move on from being in that continuous cycle of continuing to think those same thoughts. So I really love those. I know that you have done a, a lot of work and you're teaching a lot about working less in a shorter period of time so I would love to shift a little bit and hear about what this process looks like for you and how you teach it because I'm all about you know working less having sustainable strategies while being able to achieve more so I would love for you to share that with us
1: yeah so it's actually one of my favorite things to talk about I feel I've been on such a journey going from working literally all hours of the day and night behind my computer just feeling really horrible and miserable because I wasn't spending the kind of time that I wanted to spend with my kids and I actually had this one moment where my son brought a little Lego boat into my office and I remember not even making eye contact with him in that moment and just looking at this little thing that he was presenting to me very proud that he did this and so I think this is where this whole concept was born for me and I just really started everything I could to try and figure out how do I get to a place where I can actually work less and have more time available to spend with my family and just feel balanced. And so I just want to add that I think for moms in business specifically, we want this balance, right? We want to feel like we have balance between business and motherhood. And balance doesn't necessarily mean 50-50, right? It doesn't necessarily equate to 50% of my time I'm spending on my business and 50% of my time I'm spending on my family or with my family. Balance to me is very much focus and it's where my attention is in the moment and being where my feet are, right? And so when I'm with my children, I don't want to be thinking about my business. When I'm with my business, I want to be there and I want to be playing full out in the time that I've allotted to that. So I created this process for. You know getting to 20 hours or, or less per week but it really depends on what it is that you want to create for yourself so maybe that's not necessarily working 20 hours a week maybe that's working 15 maybe that's working you know a certain amount of hours before the kids get home from school or not working on Fridays whatever that looks like for you this process can work for that so I also want to add that it's important to know that or believe for yourself that this is possible like it starts with believing that I can work less and achieve everything that I want to achieve in my business and that that it's not connected to the amount of time that I'm spending in it. So the first step that you need to take in order to get to whatever that work week, ideal work week looks like for you is to be honest, to get really honest with where you are right now. What does it look like for you right now? Are you spending time on the things that you say, is important to you. And if you're not, it's not about feeling bad or shaming yourself or blaming yourself, but just getting really honest and putting all of it on the table. Because if you have it in front of you and you can look at it with an honest lens, then we can actually make a change, right? And so get honest with it and really know what it is that is currently the situation. The second thing you need to do is to get clear get clear on what it is that you want what does that ideal work week look like and also why like why do you want what you want so whether that is getting really clear on your goal knowing why you want to achieve this specific goal is super important to actually achieving it because when the The going gets tough and it is going to, right? If we don't have a clear why as to why we're doing all of this, then it's very easy to fall off of the bus and just go, oh, this doesn't matter anymore. I'll I'll just set a new goal tomorrow. So get honest, get clear. And then number three is that believe it is possible. My Mentor Tony Robbins always says that it's 80% psychology and 20% mechanics, right? So it's all about the psychology behind it. And if you don't have the belief that it's possible for you, it's going to be really hard to actually make this happen for yourself. So really look at what it is that you believe in terms of your time. Question it because we so often say things like, There's never enough time. I don't have enough time for this. And, you know, you're feeling overwhelmed and you're just focusing on all the things that you want to achieve. But you have to question those thoughts because our thoughts have a direct impact on how we feel. And if we're not feeling good, we're definitely not going to be taking the kind of action that we necessarily want to be taking in our businesses. So definitely work on your belief. And then number four is to keep things simple. So I like to look at what is actually working currently. We don't necessarily want to change everything, but we want to get very clear on what is working, what is making money in my business, what is taking a ton of time that isn't necessarily producing any results. And this requires us to measure things, right? And to look at the data and not necessarily get into the emotions of it and make it mean something about us but keeping it simple for the sake of the simpler it is the less i need to stress about the less i need to do and if things are simple it's also easy for us to then go and change something if we want to change it it's not like there's a bazillion things that we have to we have to go and look at all at once and then number five is how can i do what i'm currently doing the things that are working how can i do that better how can I do it with less effort? And so maybe this is cutting out some of the things within the system that doesn't really make sense or, you know, we can let it go because it isn't actually really contributing to anything either. And maybe that's automating, right? Maybe it's outsourcing certain things. So really just looking at what's working, how can we do it with less effort? And then lastly, number six is to evaluate because things As we move through different seasons in our business, as we grow, as we evolve into new levels, we have to evaluate. We have to continuously look at what we're doing, what's working, what isn't, and just asking yourself, you know, what will I do differently going forward? And so, yeah, that's the process of getting to that work week. And obviously, you know, we can include so many things like planning your week and, you know, looking at, All the different ways we can reduce distractions and time hacks and all these things. But I have found that if we don't have the belief systems, if we don't have the intention behind why we actually want to work less, we're just going to fill that time that we free up (laughs) with other things. So, yeah.
0: Okay. So 20 hours of work or less per week with this process, that's really only five. We are working every day, Monday through Friday. That's only five days five hours, excuse me, five hours per day, which when you think about it, there's 24 hours in the day, five hours seems like nothing, or maybe you're working 10 hours one day and not working another day. But Mm -hmm. this, so six steps, I'm just gonna recap them, make sure I have them, make sure I got all six. So first one is to get honest with where you are and where you want to go, looking at your business and your life through an honest lens. Second one is to get clear thinking about what our ideal work week really looks like, whether that's 20 hours, whether that's less, whether that's more, and really why we want to be working X amount of hours in a day. And maybe even if you have a monetary value, what that monetary number is that you want to achieve within that framework of 20 hours or less per week. Number three is believe it is possible. And it sounds like from what I'm hearing that number three is a big, big, big one. Without believing that it's possible, you know, believing is seeing, just like we learned as a a small little kid that if we don't believe in ourselves, our mind doesn't believe it's possible. Our bodies don't believe it's possible. So believing that it's possible and that we ourselves are capable of making it possible sounds like a, a really big one. Number four, keep things simple, which I love. Evaluating what's working in your business. If you're just starting out, what you ideally want it to look like. So, what's working, what might not be working, and also maybe looking at, you know, for me, if I were to look at number four, I would also want to evaluate what my lifestyle needs to be in order to make this come into fruition. You know, at the time of recording this, once this episode airs, I will be holding a brand new baby and I'm not sure what my lifestyle will look like. So, for me, it would be reevaluating what time I was spending on what previously. And now how much time do I have to spend that my time is more limited, right? So keeping things really simple, love that one. And then number five, we have, how can I do what is working better? So looking at using number four, evaluating what is working or what was working, and now how do we do it a little bit better so we can spend less time doing it, right? If we were previously spending time emailing our newsletter subscribers every single week, we are spending maybe half hour on those newsletters. Now it might be, okay, can I automate this process? Can I outsource this process? Can I batch write these emails so that I can still nurture my audience at the same level, but it's all done within, you know, an hour and a half period for the whole month, within one day or something. And then I can schedule these within my email service provider to automate and and send them out on a schedule type of thing. So that's really what's working and how do we make it better? Maybe that's a process if you're a coach too, like how do we evaluate, you know, how we are showing up for our people? What do your students need from you? And what are some of the things that you could automate? Is there a process that you could automate or hire someone to help you automate within that process? Can you systemize something to be able to automate it? And then lastly, number six, what I heard, which I also love is just to evaluate. And this is probably something that we want to do every so often, just looking and evaluating if the process that we put in place, this six step process, kind of going through it a few times. How often would you say that once we kind of have these six steps outlined, Would you say we need to go through this every few months, every quarter, once a year? How do you look at this process? And when you're implementing it into your business, do you kind of go through it every so often or what does that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So to me, it's always about what is the actual outcomes that I want to create in my business. For my clients, it's exactly the same thing. So we always look at what are the outcomes that we are going for? What's the goal? And to break it down into measurable pieces and then looking at that weekly. And sometimes there's certain things that you might look at monthly, right? But for the most part, I like to look at it weekly and have that as part of my strategy hour for my business so that I know I'm not just working in my business as the operator in the business, but I'm also spending some strategic time on the business as the entrepreneur, as the business owner. Mm -hmm. And so... I would say have an evaluation session for your business at least once a week and just get really clear on what it is that you are measuring. You know, what do you need to measure in order to make sure that you are making progress towards those goals? And so that is the things that you would be measuring. So if it makes sense to look at it Weekly, maybe you're running Facebook ads and you're spending a ton of money on those ads. Maybe you want to look at that daily, right? Maybe you want to look at it not necessarily weekly because th- when things go wrong, it goes wrong fast, right? <laughs>
0: today at least. Yeah.
1: yeah. And so maybe if you're at that level, then you want to hire someone like Les and her team to do this for you. But for the most part, it really depends on what it is that you're actually going for. What is the actual result that you are? Looking for. And I always tell my clients, like, don't have too many outcomes that you're going for, right? Like, keep it to like three things that you're reaching for. And again, keeping it simple, like not having 10 million goals and going for all of them at once, because that's just bound to make you feel overwhelmed. So keep it simple, look at what it is that the outcomes are and create measurable outcomes for yourself so that you can know what it is that I'm actually measuring that's telling me I'm making progress or not.
0: Yes. Such great advice. Alanka, where can we learn more from you? All of those tips that you just shared are so incredibly powerful. And I want to be able to share your voice and continue to share you with the world. So where can we learn more
1: from you? Where do you hang out most? I'm basically on Instagram for the most part. I've recently started a TikTok Account, but I'm still finding my feet over there. So you can find me on Instagram, and it's just my name, Ilongaras Coaching. You can also head over to my website, which is also just my name, ilongaras.com, and all the things are there. You can download resources that I have created on Overwhelm for things that keep us stuck in Overwhelm as mom entrepreneurs. And obviously, also if you want to work with me, you can find all the details over there.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with today? No,
1: I think I'm good. I think it's just, you know, it's been a pleasure to be on the show and just thank you for inviting me. And I think, you know, it's, it's incredible. It's always amazing to me that we can speak to each other on literally the other side of the planet and that we're in this world of online business, which I'm just so grateful for. And yeah, just all the best for you on your journey of becoming a mom. It's very exciting. And yeah, thanks.
0: Amazing. Well, I am very humbled and honored to have you here with me today and to be able to learn from you and just dive into the lessons that you've learned so far in your business. I will also be cheering you on from behind my laptop and hopefully we get to connect. I know with that we have already connected on social And I'm hoping that we'll continue to stay connected and stay friends. So I'm very thankful for your time today. Thank you so much for sharing so much behind the scenes of your business and your journey so far. Thanks, Liz. Hey there. What did you think of that episode? If you enjoyed it, here are a few free ways to help support the show. First. You can hit the follow button so you never miss a new episode or any bonus episodes that I create for timely advice. Secondly, if you screenshot the episode you're listening to and tag me on Instagram at liz underscore com, you'll be entered to win a special prize. And the prizes are really good. And lastly, reviews are one of the best ways to provide social proof to others that this show is worth a listen. Plus, it gives me an idea of the content that is most helpful to you. Feel free to include your podcast or Instagram name. I'll give you a shout out during a future episode for more exposure to you and your brand. A huge, huge thank you in advance.